Well, we have uh, some some good things that have happened here recently, and some good things that are coming up. And uh, number one, of know that we've mentioned already that uh, uh, we have a new brother in Christ, and brother Doug, and I appreciate him, and and uh, and I, I was just so happy to be able to sit down and study with him and get to know him a little bit. And he's a very nice man, and if you get the opportunity, you need to go and, and, and meet him and just talk with him just a little bit. Also, uh, in that regard, I had talked to Phil Sanders, uh, who will be coming uh, uh, very, very soon, uh, coming this week, and uh, start preaching for us on Friday. And I explained to him what had happened, and uh, for those of you who are not <clears throat> aware of this, but uh, Doug had been watching uh, Phil Sanders' program on TV and was uh, put in contact with this congregation because of that work. And uh, I, when I told uh, Brother Sanders, he was thrilled, and uh, he is uh, uh, in high anticipation of being able to come to the congregation here to be able to preach and also uh, to be able to fellowship with uh, uh, Doug a little bit. And so... Uh, I, I'm, I know that that's encouraging to me, and I hope that's encouraging to you. Um, on that note, I hope that everybody is taking the opportunity uh, to hand out those flyers as an invitation uh, for the gospel meeting coming up with Brother Sanders. Uh, it's, it's important for us to, to do this. Uh, you know, a lot of times, and I'm not saying that this is, this is the idea of the congregation here, <clears throat> but a lot of times people, uh, they want a preacher or they, they, to, to go out and to do a lot of evangelism, and I love that. I love doing evangelism, and I, I want to do that. Uh, but I'll also say this, that uh, even though um, I'm turning 32, you know, and I'm getting old, you know, because 32 is old, I guess. It's, it's getting a lot younger. Everything gets, everybody gets younger. I don't know anybody here that I think's old anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even even though I'm, I'm getting up in years, I still need a lot of time to study. I I need uh, some time to spend in the Word of God for myself, and um, and just to grow as a Christian. And 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 so that being said, I do have a limited time that I am also available uh, to do evangelism. Now, if I, I get the opportunity, I'm going to take it. But I also have limited uh, knowledge of the community, whereas many here have grown, either grown up in the community or have lived here for years. So you are collectively going to know many more people than I do. And, and so what we need to do is we need to hand out these flyers to our friends and family to invite them to this meeting because, well, it really can't be done uh, by, by uh, just a few people alone. It needs to have a congregational effort. That being said, uh, if you are interested in inviting people, I need you to pick up those flyers uh, today. Today is the last day for you to pick up flyers to hand them out. Because my goal uh, this week is to get those flyers and to uh, do some door knocking and try to hand out the rest of those flyers. So please, if you have some people that you can invite, please do that. Uh, that's what these, these uh, efforts are for, is to bring people to the gospel of Christ. And everybody needs to have their hand in that. Now, <clears throat> also, 
on that same thought process. Uh, I am also looking for hoping, hoping ten men um, that would be willing uh, to do some studies uh, with new Christians. And if you are uh, willing to do that, uh, please let me know. I, I, I've been doing some brainstorming, and I hope that we have enough people that we can we can do something pretty good. But I need I need a, I need really about ten guys that would be willing uh, to to do some one on one studying. And so, if you are interested in that, please please let me know. Since we do have the meeting coming up, I believe it's important to remember some things. Now, I like to always remind people about Cornelius. Of course, Cornelius basically is. Uh, has uh, the first gospel meeting in his house. And during this time, what does he do? You know, he goes out and he makes sure that he invites his friends and his family. And so that is important for all of us to remember that example and to go out and to invite our friends and family. But aside from from that, I, I wanted to speak this morning about a topic that we kind of glanced over here recently, and that is... What is the work of the church? Now, the number one thing that the church does, the work of the church is summed up in this. And that is to glorify God. But I want to talk about some specifics this morning. You know, the work of the church really ends up being this. If you want to fulfill glorifying God, then the work of the church is simply working. We have to work. Now, the church should be working. We have a wonderful message to share with with the world around us. And if we truly believe in that message, then we need to put ourselves out there to be able to talk to others and bring them to Christ. You know what? We should even be excited to tell that message. We should be excited to be able to go and teach others. You know, if we work... If we work, then some of those temptations that we have in this world will have to be put aside. Because guess what? When we work for the Lord, uh, we don't really have time for those things. That's, that's one of those little secret tips there. Not really secret. But you know what? It's hard to get in trouble when you're too busy to get in trouble. And so when we are working for the Lord, then some of those things that... that might tempt us or no longer going to tempt us because guess what? We don't have time for that. We are working for the Lord. Two simple points this morning. Number one is this. What the work of the church is not. Number one, the work of the church is not to try to run the government. Oh, how I wish I could. But that is just not what the work of the church is. The work of the church is not to go out and to be really heavily involved in politics. That's for individuals. The work of the church uh, is not to run the government. Now, how do we understand this? Well, you know, we understand this from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 21. uh, Talking about taxes. Render therefore unto Caesar what is Caesar's. 
You know, whatever whatever the government needs, it's it's you know whatever is theirs, give it to them. You know that's why, unfortunately, come around this time of year, we have to pay our taxes because the government needs it in order to continue to run the things that we do enjoy, like having police officers and firemen and things like that, taking care of roads and whatnot. But the government needs those things. So we we don't need to hold our money back and say, you know what, Uh, I don't care who you are. You're not taking what's mine. The government can do the government's thing. But as a Christian, I need to do the will of God. Also in Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, it explains to us that we need to be subject to the governing authorities. That means that we don't need to have a revolt of any type uh, because that is not Christ-like. So we are not to uh, raise up our hands against the government. We are not in charge of that. God is in charge of that. That's one of those things that we see continually throughout Daniel is that God is the ruler in the affairs of men. He is in charge. So we don't need to worry about it. We just need to follow God. Another thing that we need to remember this is is in Romans. Uh, I believe it's very important in the understanding of Romans to understand the Edict of Claudius. Now, what was the Edict of Claudius? Well, the Edict of Claudius kicked all the Christians out of Rome... For disobedience. The the thought process was this. I'm a Christian. I don't need to follow the government. I don't need to to fall in line with this. And so, well, the government finally just said, hey, you can leave. And until Claudius died, you know, that was it. They had to be gone. And so when he died, then Christians were allowed back in Rome. The work of the church is not to try to run the government. The work of the church is not to furnish entertainment. Now, this is a big entertainment society. I mean, you, you think about it. We, we import way more than we export. We don't do a whole lot of that. We buy from other countries. We are a consumer nation. I mean, we have magazines that are, that are made just for the idea of buying products. See, that kind of mentality has bled over into religion. And now we have people that all they want to do is they just want to be entertained. Well, you can't go to that congregation because, well, you know, that preacher's boring. You can't go to that congregation because, well, you know, uh, you know they, don't, they don't have that praise team. They don't have the band. They don't have whatever. The work of the church is not to furnish entertainment. Now, I've often struggled with this in in, uh, uh, my younger of the younger years. But, um, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I really, really struggled with this because I was a youth minister. And as a youth minister, I was asked to do a lot of different things. And some of these things, well, I'd say a good portion of these things revolved around entertaining teenagers. And at first I thought, okay, I'm just going to go along with it. 
And then I started getting a conscience. And I thought, I don't need to do this. I need to do something different. And so uh, I spent weeks and weeks trying to figure something out. And I made a plan for the uh, for our youth group. And I said, you know what? And I, I told them, I said, I'm, I like to have fun more than anybody else. I like to have more fun than you do. But you know what? We need to serve the Lord. So while we may do fun things, you know, our goal should be that every time we're doing something, we are relating it to the Lord. So, yeah, we'd go to Six Flags, but there was something spiritual involved. We would go to baseball games, but there was something spiritual involved. We would do fun things, but there was always something spiritually minded involved. You know, when we think about that, if we think about being spiritually minded, we end up coming out on top. You know, that youth group, it grew so much. Just, just because these teenagers, they wanted, to, they wanted to get involved in the Word of God. They, they were evangelizing. They were doing everything. It was a spiritually minded youth group. We don't need to furnish entertainment because what entertainment does is it just drags the congregation down. In John 6, verses 44 and 45, it says, No man can come to me except the Father that sent me draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Everyone that hath heard from the Father and hath learned cometh unto me. So who are we drawn in by? We're drawn in by God. We're not drawn in by entertainment. We shouldn't be. Because if we're drawn in by entertainment, it's not going to last. We have to be drawn in by God. And when we're drawn in by God, then that is what is going to produce, if they continue to go down the right path, a person who is a follower of the Lord. See, when the church furnishes entertainment... And that's all they want to do. You have shallow Christians. I heard it said one time that a lot of people treat the church kind of like a cruise ship. You know, if you've heard about a cruise, been on a cruise, you know, if you hear about them, you know, what's the big thing? Well, hey, everything is about just relaxing. And being served. You know, there's just just entertain yourself. Whatever you need to do to entertain yourself. Now, when you're thinking about vacation, that sounds nice, right? But when you're thinking about the church and people comparing the church to a cruise ship, like, oh, let me just be served. That's what a lot of people think. It just really is. But the church is really not a cruise ship. What what would it be more likened to? It's you think of a lot of different things. I think the church in some regards is closer to a battleship, fighting the forces of darkness. In some regards, the church is a fishing vessel, going out and trying to reach all the lost, being a fisher of men. Whatever the case, we know this. The church is not meant to entertain. The church 
is meant to guide a lifestyle. A lifestyle of following the Lord. You know, the, the church is not to engage in fundraising projects for its work. Now, you'll, you'll see from time to time, I, I, just the other day, I had someone come up to me and ask me if I wanted to buy a certain, um, I think it was bread. They, they were giving, selling bread. And I thought, well, that's, that's nice. And I, I, I didn't, I, I would have, probably would have bought some actually initially until they said, oh, we're raising money for our youth group. And, of course, then I'm backing out. I would have backed out even if I'd already said yes. Why is that? Well, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 Corinthians 16, 1-3, it says this, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I gave order to the churches of Galatia, so also do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let each one of you lay by him in store as he may prosper, that no collections be made when I come, and when I arrive, whomsoever ye shall approve them, I will send with letters to carry your bounty unto Jerusalem. So we know also that in Second Corinthians 9, verse 7, that we are to give as according to what we have prospered in our own hearts. And so that means that we know what we're going to give, we're planning to give, and we know that from the beginning. But this is what we've been told to do. We have been told to give. No other way has been authorized. No other way has been authorized. Uh, I know that uh, when I was a youth minister, there were, there were uh, people that would call me up and they would say, Hey, we've got this fundraiser project. If you'd like to sell these things, you know, you can, you can uh, give, get money for uh, the congregation or for your youth group or whatever. And, and I... I I just finally got to the point where I started telling them, look, I don't find that authorized in Scripture. And so then they'd come back and they say, well, the Bible doesn't say that we can't do it. Well, the Bible doesn't say that we can't do a lot of things. But the Bible does tell us what to do. And when the Bible tells us what we need to do, then we need to respect the silence of the Scriptures and don't say, well, the Bible doesn't say that we can't go ahead and do this or that. So what is the work of the church? Now, we, we, we already named it off. The work of the church is to glorify God, and we do that mainly in three different ways. Number one is edification. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, we see Jesus gives authority, uh, is given authority in heaven and in earth. He then sends out his disciples to go and to teach the lost. And in so doing, he teaches them to not only teach the lost, but then to teach them further to do the same thing. Verse 20. So, the work of the church is involved in edification, which is an aspect of evangelism. Uh, in John chapter 3 and verse 5, we're taught that you know we, we have to be baptized in order to be born again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, there, there are such a thing, you know, and I know people have actually argued over this point, but there is there's a, a need 
four primary teachings in the Word of God when someone becomes a Christian because there is such a thing as being a babe in Christ. You know, children need uh, different things here. They need proper food. They need freedom from disease, and they need proper exercise in order to grow. Now, you do over in one of these areas, and they're not going to be uh, as healthy as they need to be. And they're not going to grow properly. When you think about this, brethren, a child of God then needs to be built up in a similar fashion. So if a child of God, being related to, to just children in general, child of God is going to need proper food. What is, what is the food? What is spiritual food that we're talking about? Well, Matthew 4 and verse 4 uh, we see Jesus' response to the devil. And what does it say? Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we need the scriptures. We need to live by the scriptures. That is what helps us to grow. Another thing is that if we are going to grow as a child of God, then we need freedom from the disease of sin. Now, how do we get that? Not only do we need to live upright lives, but I believe that the thought process could be uh, thought of in 1 Corinthians 5. That when a congregation of the Lord's people is together and there is someone who is unruly in that congregation who has committed sin and they will not repent, and the brethren know it, that you know what you need to do? Is you need to withdraw your fellowship from them. And that is a way to keep a congregation healthy. But another thing here is this. The child of God also needs exercise. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. We need exercise as Christians. We need exercise, but it is exercise unto godliness. We need to have that sort of a practice going on. So we have edification. We need to be edified. We need to be built up. And that's done through teaching. But another thing that we see is this. We are to be benevolent people. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 it says, Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands to the thing which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. So what are we to do? As, as Christians, we are to work in order to give. You know, we're not, we're not working for ourselves. Now, I understand, we'll pay our own bills and we'll do those things because that is what is right and good. But outside of that, what do we do? We are to work in order to be able to give to others. In Galatians 6.10, it says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially they that are of the household of faith. So we're to do good unto all when we have opportunity, but especially our brethren. We do good unto our brethren. 
In James 1 and verse 27, we see that if we are to follow pure and undefiled religion, then that means that we are to take care of the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. So yes, we need to support those that are are widows, and we need to support those who are orphans. These are the ways that we can be benevolent. Now I know that when we start talking about benevolence that that people oftentimes will say, well, you know, uh, we, we've really got to be careful with what we do. And I understand that. I, I do believe that. I do believe we need to be careful in the things that we do. Uh, concerning, concerning money, I mean, you know, we, we could be giving someone money and they could be turning around doing horrible things with that money. And we don't want that. We don't want that at all. So how do we combat that for ourselves? How do we understand uh, what it is that you know we should do with with these funds, uh, with these resources? Well, I, I think really if we think about it biblically, the example that's given in Galatians 6:10, I think is the most important thing that we can we can do, and that is help your own brethren. I've known of congregations that they would hand out. Uh, Money without even thinking about it to to people in the community, and then a, a brother or sister in Christ needed some help, and then you know what they do? They would interrogate this brother or sister, interrogate them. You know, hey, what are you doing? What's wrong with your finances? Why are you having this problem? Maybe those questions need to be answered, but they also need the benefit of being a brother or sister in Christ. They need to see the love. They need to see if you're going, you're going to help them. Now, if this were uh, a, a recurring thing, that's when you start saying, okay, listen, something is not right here. We need to help you out, and we need to see your finances. We need to look at those kind of things. We need to help you make sure that, that you're doing the best that you can. You know, because, look, brethren, uh, I know that that would be an embarrassing thing. I understand that. Uh, uh, in, in time past, I have felt that way. You know, I felt like I needed some help, but I, I didn't want someone to help because I didn't want them to see how foolish I was. Well, you know, some people, they get to that point and they say, all right, well, I'm going to do everything I can to put myself in the right situation so nobody has to see that. But then there are people who are either tempted too much to go and, and deal foolishly with their finances or it is that they just have no idea what to do with their finances. And they do simply need help. And so when it comes to that point, as brethren, we need to be open and willing for a brother or a sister in Christ to help us with those things. Another thing that we need to mention here that the work of the church is, and it's the last thing we're going to mention, is evangelism. Evangelism is, is really one of the most important things that we can do as a Christian. To reach out to the lost. You know, all of these works that we've mentioned, you know, the benevolence and edification, both those things, they are good. But this is really more important initially than those. 
See, we have to evangelize before we can get to edification. We have to do that. Mark 16, 15, uh, the Great Commission. They were to go and to preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. When we look at verse 20 there, it's a command for us to teach. I know that that hasn't always been preached this way. But if we are not evangelizing, we're not going to go to heaven. Because evangelism is a command. And we have to do it. Now I know, I know what I've heard people say before, and I don't believe that this is the attitude of anybody here. But just in case, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out. But I have had people tell me in the past, whenever I preached on evangelism, I'd come down and I'd stand at the back, which is a custom of mine, and I. Go and shake hands and someone would come up and they'd say, Oh, well, I don't evangelize. That's why I pay you. Brethren, I hope that attitude is not here. Because, see, uh, you know what? I would preach whether I was getting paid or not. I've done that. And so I don't want you to look at it like that. Number one, because I don't want it to be a temptation to you to feel like I'm preaching the gospel selfishly for a living. That's not what I do. Another thing is, too, I wouldn't want anybody to think that because then you would be neglecting your responsibility to preach and to teach to those that you can. It is for all of us to evangelize. And I don't see any other way around it. Evangelism is so important. It's so important that somewhere, sometime, In your lifetime, somebody taught you. And if they hadn't taught you, you wouldn't be here today. Think about all the other people who could be here today if you would just teach them. Evangelism is immensely important. We all need to be involved in it, every single one of us. No matter how old or young we are, we need to be involved in reaching the lost. It could be that you invite somebody to this gospel meeting and Phil Sanders preaches sermons concerning why you should become a Christian. And that friend or that family member comes to Christ 
Because you invited them. Because you wanted to teach them. Don't you want to make a difference? I hope you do. Maybe there's someone here today that has not been living uh, the Christian life like they should. Maybe it is that you uh, want to repent of your sins. Maybe you want to be baptized into Christ. Maybe you just need some prayers. Whatever the case, if there's anybody here who needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.